Impossible as far as science is concerned for this old body to change and be turned into a young body where immortality or mortality takes on immortality, corruption takes on incorruption. Scientifically impossible. But Lord, there's going to be somebody that believes. There's going to be somebody that's standing there, Lord, in that moment, in that twinkling of an eye, and the dead in Christ raised. And their bodies are changed to be like your glorious body. Lord, to go into a land, Lord, of immortality, never to die, never to grow old, never, Lord, to feel pain or discomfort no more, sorrows are vanished, sicknesses is gone. Lord, a land of pure happiness and joy, Lord, unspeakable and full of glory. There's going to be somebody that tastes of that land. Lord, I believe that you ask the question when you come back, will you find faith? Lord, I want to be found faithful. Believe in, Lord, no matter what happens, no matter what goes on around us, no matter how many turns away, no matter how many falls away, Lord, I want to be found faithful. Lord, faithful to the end. We just thank you for that grace, Lord, for your call in our lives. Commit this service to you, Lord, everything to be said and done for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Amen. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. We let you be seated this evening. I'd like to read you this quote. I've been reading it nearly every day for the last few days and and it just really has blessed my heart is where I would like to bring the title from. It says here, Oh, the blessedness of believing. The blessing of not trying to figure it out. The blessing of just resting on God's word and say it's true and go on. Amen. He said it's life. It's life. It's real living. Amen. I want to read that again. Oh, the blessedness of believing. That'd be my title tonight. The blessedness of believing. 
the blessing of not trying to figure it out, the blessing of just resting on God's word and say it's true and go on. It's life, it's life, it's real living. Amen. The blessing, uh, the blessedness of believing or being one who's able to believe. Because we live in a world, you know, that has to be, everything has to be proven. We live in a very scientific age. And in this scientific age, science wants to come and try to say, well, if it can't be proved by science and it's not true. But, you know, I believe that we're not talking about even facts here. We're talking about truth. And what is truth? He's the only one that is true. Amen. And he, he is the God of truth. He is truth. And, and, and you know, you know, that does not mean that Satan's not going to war against us in our minds and to try to bring doubts and fear and unbelief or anything like that. Or if even a hundred people stand up and say it ain't true, you know, does that really mean that it's not true? Or if Satan is there to say it's not true, does that mean it's not true? Amen. But, you know, he's always there to war. And, you know, our, our warfare is not uh, uh, in the f- fleshly realm is what David or those of the Old Testament would be. You know, as they would face a physical enemy. You know, sometimes I believe that would be easier. You would know who the, who the enemy is and, and what he is and, you know, how he tries to come. And you know exactly when he's coming on his ground because there's a physical presence there. You know, and ours not like that we have a spiritual warfare and, and and he comes you know the greatest battle ever fall in our mind and he tries to find a place there that he can come and try to put a question and to put a question there that you have to answer you know and and, and you know it, you know it's 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 something that is a constant war you know the devil's like what about this and what about that you know and you know brother Branham answers this he says you know there was a man one time that had authored, authored a book and made a lot of fun of him. And he says, you know, it said in his book of all the devils, it's William Branham. And he said, he said, that's what the devil tries to think. He said, visions and things, that's of the devil. Or he's some kind of hypnotist or working in some sense, uh, super sensory perception. He said, see, the intellectual world is always trying to figure it all out. And he said, that's where they tried to figure out Jesus. How do you do these things? What is done? How do you, how do you do this? And he said, I ask you a question. Was the ministry of John? Was it of God or was it of man? And they said, we can't say. And he said, neither do I tell you that. That's right. He just went, went on. And from henceforth, no man asked him anything. He just cut him off right there. He didn't tell them nothing about it. It was none of their business. He said he had a work to do and he finished it. And he said, God help us to do the same thing. Amen. God help us to do the same thing. We don't have to answer the devil's questions. Because it's the devil's question. It's not my question. It's his question. Amen. He said, that's right. You know, you go right on and just ignore the whole thing. See, Eve got caught up in this and she tried to answer the devil's question. You know, Eve was, you know, not, not being satisfied in the beginning with the wonderful fellowship that she had with Adam and God. And, and you know, she had to begin to try to hunt something new, some new light. And the devil seen she got it. And when she, when you try to find something, 
something, you know, a little more fantastic or a little something different than the written word, the devil will be right there to present it to you. He said, that's right. He said, if Eve would have just stayed with the word and this, this great sin problem would have never happened because God had promised them that they could live forever, but she wanted something different and she had these questions and it wasn't really her questions. They was the devil's questions. And she begins to try to answer them and begins to try to debate them. And begins to try to come up with some kind of way of answering them. And said, so to see a man, you know, will try to have an intellectual faith. You know, this is a quote, Brother Branham says, an intellectual faith. And he'll try to answer the devil's questions with an intellectual faith. And, and he said, there's so many people get that today, calling themselves Christians. He said, that's the reason you see as much carrying on as you do under the name of Christianity. Why? It's only intellectual faith. He says, what do you mean by that? He says, men believe unto salvation. He said, now faith cometh by hearing and the hearing of the word. He said, I could preach the word and you can accept it and say it's right. But he said, if that's as far as it goes, it's just intellectual faith. He said, but see, he said, the reason people don't get healed or reason why people walk away or the reason why people fall off is only because of intellectual view, what their mind conceives. He said, but the mind will reason. The mind will say, I can't get any better. It's not getting any better. I don't feel any better than I did yesterday. Reasoning, mental theology will reason it out and say, well, now, wait a minute. I don't believe in that bunch of foolishness. See, you're reasoning intellectually faith will do that but once that faith comes down into this compartment down here it'll never question what's up here at all it's absolutely fact it'll agree with every divine word of God he said that's the reason people don't get to where they should be it's because it's a mental conception of God and when it's just a mental conception of God you believe it by the intellectual faith that won't ever do it it's God got to be a born again experience and this is where people gets off because they've depended upon their mental intellectual conception you know i believe the message and i i believe what the prophet said or i believe he's a prophet or i i believe the way you know i believe what the pastor says and it's all uh, faith comes by hearing but if you stop there it's only a mental conception it's only an intellectual faith but only the really the only re- real way to know god is to be born of god to be born of the supernatural and when you see men that are denying the message or they're denying, amen, the very, very things that God has said in his word is why? Because they have tried to figure it all out with their mental conception, but they've never been born of the supernatural. But therefore, they cannot understand the supernatural. And sometimes, super, all the time, I should say, supernatural things cannot be figured out by a natural mind. It's supernatural. That's why it's called supernatural. It's something beyond the natural. And so men with a natural understanding or natural abilities or a wonderful or a powerful brain, they try to line up the things of God. And you cannot even go and prove all the things in the Bible. You can't prove many things that are written there. We can't prove that Jesus even existed by mental conception. The only way that I know that he exists is because there's a power here on this earth that will overcome the devil just like he did then. 
Amen. That there's, there's a power of the resurrection. There's a power that's here today that'll raise the dead. There's a power here that'll heal the sick. There's a power here that'll save the lost. There's a power here, amen, that'll take an old, crepid, crepid, sinful heart and turn it around and live above sin and live above things. Why? Because the power that was there is the power that is here today. Amen. It's God. It can only come by a born again experience when your faith is brought down from here into here. Amen. He said, God help us this morning or this evening now to enter into that inner life. Amen. Quit staying out where we're tossed about with every wind of doctrine and everything that comes along. And don't you know the Bible says in the last days how that men will come and be like angels of light? Amen. Devil's ministers as angels of light. Don't you realize that Eve was seeking new light when the devil talked to her and caused every graveyard that's here, caused every insane institution, caused every death, every sorrow, every starving, every dying mom. Why? Because she was searching for something else. And she had it all and searching for something else. And you notice he says when he was here, he said, Lo, I'm with you always. And their eyes were open and they understood. And Peter, you know, was there, bosom friends with him, talk with him. But, you know, now all of a sudden there's so many questions. And, and he's wondering, Peter's wondering, what was he really the Christ? You know, and was it really this or was it really that? Did we really see all the things? You know, and Peter becomes so discouraged because of this mental conception. He became so discouraged that after his death and it buried him. And he said, I, I'm just so discouraged. I, I'm just going to go fishing. I'm just going to go away from here. I, I, you know, we get that way sometimes. And if we depend on this right here and what we see with these right here, it's very easy to get discouraged. Because we see people falling away. We, we see things happening. We see things around us that we can't control and we don't know what to do with. And if we look at these eyes and try to figure it out with this pea brain we got, we will be discouraged. We'll stay discouraged. And this is where Peter was. He was looking at this with his mental conception of who he thought Jesus was and who he, who he proclaimed that he was and all that. But now it seems to be all gone and it seems to be done and dead. I'm just going to go fishing now. And he got discouraged. And he said, here he was with a mental theology. But, you know, they believed once in the natural. But when a little trial come up, it went all to pieces. He said, I don't aim to hurt you. But he said, I want to tell you something, correct you a little bit. It shows when a man only has intellectual faith by saying that the word of God, that, that that's the word of God. I believe God rose up Jesus today. He said, if that's all you got, the first little discouragement comes in your church and away you'll go. You'll go on out. You might be a friend to him, but you don't know him in his power of his resurrection. And this is where Peter was. He was a friend of Jesus. He had a mental conception of what he thought he was. He, he saw all these things and these mighty miracles. And you'd have thought after all the things that he saw, nothing could talk him out of it. 
But it had to go from a mental conception, amen, down to really believing, amen. And we can see what happened, you know, as, as they, when they, you know, as he was go to the, you know, you go to Pentecost, and this is what Brother Branham says, and he says, never one time after Pentecost did that preacher, that preacher Peter ever say such a thing as that again. Amen. When he had come to those discouragements, amen, he would go back to experience that he had. This is why we never can quit preaching the experience of the Holy Ghost. Because if we don't have that, we have nothing but a mental conception. We have nothing but a Baptist theology. And this is where many are today that have walked away from this truth. They'd have walked away in Jesus' day. When he had said something to them about you drink my blood and y'all, they'd have walked away. I mean, even true believers have these moments. But once Peter received the Holy Ghost, it was an anchor. Sure, he'd come back to those discouragements again. Don't tell me you did when he saw all the nonsense going on in the churches and even Paul faced discouragements. There's all kind of nonsense taking place in churches and things that was going on in the first church age. It was all kind of stuff that, and it's never stopped. It's never going to stop. We're going to have men falling away. We're going to have things that are happening. It's going to continue while Satan's guns are, are upon us. And he's going to get those that never goes into the Holy of Holies. He's going to get those that never, amen, goes. So that's why we must make our calling and election sure. That it's more than just I believe or I accept the truth or I accept a way of living. It's something's happened on the inside of my heart. It goes beyond my feelings. It goes beyond all things to where you can come to that moment of discouragement and you can look that devil in the eye and say, though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. Though a thousand fall at my left side and 10,000 at my right side, I'm going on with Jesus. Hallelujah. There's got to be something deep on the inside of you. It's an anchor. Because all hell is against this church. All hell is blowing and, and trying to push the coldness of Laodicea in here and trying to put the lukewarmness upon us. It's coming into our hearts or into our church. It's coming to our pews. It's coming to our homes. It's constantly pushing against you in wave after wave after wave. But in this ship of Zion, there's an anchor. And there's an anchor that's holding the heart of a believer that no matter how many waves crash against it, no matter how many say it ain't so, no matter how many distract from it and and turn away, there's an anchor holding somebody. I wonder how many can testify tonight. The anchor holds. Sure, we're going to face discouragement. Sure, we're going to face, but since Pentecost... Hallelujah. Amen. He says, now, he says, if you got good reasoning, you'll sit down and try to reason the Bible out. How could he raise from the dead? How these miracles and things take place in this great realm of civilization science that we live in? You try to reason that out? He said, what's happening? Every time you're getting further away from God. 
all the time. You never know him by reasoning. God is not known by reasoning. God is known by faith. You accept it. You believe it. You can't do it until something happens to you. When the Holy Spirit comes in and you'll not have your mind, you'll have the mind of Christ. One Brother Branham calls him a fine, great minister. was down here in the south, took a plane, flew up to meet me. Some time ago, he said, Brother Branham, I was reading one of your sermons in the paper. There's just one thing I want to settle with you. I said, all right. He said, how can you do anything else but believe? He says, Abraham was the father of the promise. And when he believed God, it was imputed to him to righteousness. What more could Abraham do but believe? I said, that's correct, sir. That's all he could do. But then God came down and gave him the seal of circumcision. The confirmation of his faith. Come on, somebody. He said in Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed unto the day of your redemption. If you raise up and confess Christ and say you believe him with the intellectual faith and God's never give you the Holy Ghost yet, he hasn't confirmed your faith yet. He said that's the confirmation is the Holy Spirit. God confirms your faith with the Holy Ghost. Then you believe it with your head. And then until then you believe it with your head. But God puts it into your heart by birth. He said that kind of sounds a little old fashioned brother. But it's kept me all these years. I've stared death in the faith. And I'm ready to trust on it. He said if it's good enough for me. It's good enough for Paul. It was good enough for Silas. It was good enough all the way down. It's good enough for me. It held then and it'll hold now. But your intellectual faith will reason. You'll say, well, now I know the Bible teaches that, but let me think now. The days of miracles are past. Pastor said so. Somebody said this. I believe that this day we don't have that. Now you see, you're using intellectual faith. And that intellectual faith will reason with God's word, but a born-again experience for my heart will not reason. It'll say God's word is right, period. Yeah. Amen. There's no more to do with it. It's right because something down here that says in itself, you, you have nothing to do with it. It's God in the heart. The intellectual faith will reason. And that's what's the matter with our churches. We've got away from a real old time experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. This is why people can't get church attendance down right. They reason it all out. But it shows they haven't got a Holy Ghost experience. They got an intellectual faith. They believe in Jesus. They believe going to church is okay. But they don't have it down in their heart. They reason it away. Or otherwise they would be in the house of God. It's an intellectual faith. And that intellectual faith is going to only hold people so long. Because somebody will come up with more intellectual than what you've got. And more faith than what you've got. Hello, somebody. It takes a lot of faith to believe in no God. And you find somebody that's got more faith than what you've got. And all you're doing is intellectual against intellectual. They'll win. But you can take somebody as dumb as a box of rocks. But he met God. 
And it ain't up here, but it's down on the inside of his heart. They ain't an intellectual giant nowhere. They've ever talked him out of a God because he's met him for himself. Hallelujah. We can watch Moses. He was an intellectual up here and he killed one Egyptian by his own intellect. But once he met the burning bush, you couldn't talk him out of it no more. He would go down there and defeat Egypt with his great army. All that with just a mule, a wife, a boy, and a rod. Why? Because he wasn't counting on his own intellect no more. He didn't have to figure out how to defeat Pharaoh. He didn't have to figure out how it was all going to happen. God said, you go tell him, let my people go. He wouldn't done what God said and God did what he said he would do. Hallelujah. If we get people to believe like that, the blessedness of a believer. Why? Because you was there. Nobody could talk Moses out of that experience. He was there. And that's why I love that song said, I was there when the spirit came down. Amen. Nobody can talk you out of it. Because it is personal experience to you. There ain't a devil that can talk you out of it. Come on, somebody. But as long as it's just intellectual faith, it'll reason. That's what's the matter today. It got away from the experience of receiving the Holy Ghost. We've substituted for intellectualism or an intellectual college. He said, I'm not trying to support ignorance. What I'm trying to say is if it becomes between education and salvation, I'll take salvation. Amen. But the trouble of this day, we've learned all together on education and haven't adopted it instead of salvation. We substituted then the old fashioned upper room to receive the Holy Spirit for a supper room to sell and sell soups and things to pay the preacher. And we don't need that. We need the Bible, the old fashioned Holy Ghost Spirit, that old time St. Paul revival, the Bible, Holy Ghost in the church again. And it's here tonight. Hallelujah. And it'll only come through the experience of a new birth. But the enemy is going to study our strategy with the word. And if it's intellectual faith, he'll try to use the word against that. You know, I was just dealing with a situation last weekend. The devil had a little girl bound up told me he spoke out of that little girl and told me said it happened when she was a little girl it's her fault she let him do it i looked back at that devil and i said no it ain't her fault it's your fault you did it and furthermore i'm not going to hold a conversation with you because i'm not interested in talking to you and shut your mouth that's the first step was stopping the devil's reasoning shut your mouth Come on, somebody. Don't. It ain't how long you can make the arguments last. And how long is shut your mouth. And whatever it takes, shut the mouth. He never spoke out again, but she took her Bible. We got her to the back room and he took her Bible. She was looking at me very nervously, fumbling through the scriptures. And she pointed to a certain scripture there in the Old Testament in the Levitical law of where a damsel was taken to the field. And a man lay with her and she should be stoned. You know what devil handed me that? Handed her that. 
had it highlighted in her Bible. Listen, the devil ain't using something way out yonder to try to defeat somebody. He's coming right here with the word just as he did Eve. And he'll defeat you as long as his intellectual faith. But if it's Holy Ghost faith, he ain't got no answer. Hallelujah. Amen. And I looked at that and I didn't really know the situation. So I handed it to the brother, the pastor there. Amen. And he looked at that and he took that scripture and he beat the devil's teeth in. He said, what I see here is the same thing that happened in the garden with Eve. He took a scripture and twisted it. And this scripture does not apply to you. This is nothing but the devil trying to twist something and try to make it yours. But it's not yours. It's his. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you this evening, the sin and the doubt and the unbelief, that's not yours. That's his unbelief. He's just trying to put it on you. But you need to cast that thing down and say, I'm going to believe all things are possible. Hallelujah. You never want to reason God's with God's word. You just believe it. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to figure it all out. You cannot figure out God. It's God is, is the word. And it's just made to believe. It's just made to believe. That's our strength. Just accept the word. Anyone knows that a seed in the right ground will produce of its kind. And we should just take the word and believe. But Eve stopped for a moment and reasoned. He quoted words. She quoted word. God said, you should not eat thereof. He said, certainly that's right. Satan said, no, he didn't disagree. He said, certainly that's right. But see, you need a little something added, a little something different. And if you do it, then you'll be a little smarter than God and your eyes will be opened. She said, well, God said we would die. Oh, surely you won't die. But God said you would and that settles it. And that broke that great tug of war that pulled the whole human race into death because Eve listened to, listened to a reasoning against God's word. It's a shame that he, she did it and it's done past. But now we're here fortified and that link was made up in Christ Jesus. We know that God gave us his best defense to just simply trust his word. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 8, 1, Romans 1 and verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want to make this my declaration. I'm not ashamed of this message. Because this message is the Bible. This message is Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For in it... For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's not to the unbeliever. And you will never, ever get to the bottom of the unbeliever's questions. You'll never get to the end. Maybe that's a better word. You'll never get to the end of an unbeliever's questions. Amen. It's to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And therein is righteousness of God revealed from what? Faith to faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world were clearly seen being understood by the things that were made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified not him, him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. They thought what they thought was greater than what God said. What they thought they thought was greater than what God vindicated. Come on, somebody. God had vindicated himself in the body called Jesus Christ. No, even a blind man could see it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. A blind man had been born blind from his, side, from his birth. Even when he, when he was given him sight, he knew there could be nobody done what was done to him but God. He said, why, here's a marvelous thing. Because See, what had happened? He was born without even eyeballs. And here came the creator, the very one that spoke the heavens and earth into existence and came, made a few little mud balls and spit in them, made mud, put them into his eye sockets and said, go wash. And he went and washed and he came back seeing. One of my favorite stories. Because the disciples would say, well, is this done because this man sinned or his mom and dad sinned? God said, no. Jesus said, no. He said, it's so that God could be made glorified, could be glorified. Amen. Oh, that's just a bunch of reasoning trying to put all these things on what somebody else did or somebody else. Listen, I'm not responsible for anybody else's sins. And neither are you. That's between them and God. What I'm responsible to is if I believe what he said. And here this little man began to see and question him. Could you imagine questioning when you just seen that they, they, couldn't, they couldn't deny that this was the boy? They knew it was because then they called his mom and dad. They couldn't deny that that was their son, but it didn't stop the questions. They couldn't deny that he had eyeballs. And he was seeing, but it didn't stop the questions. Come on, somebody. They couldn't deny that something had supernaturally happened and something had taken place because they'd seen this man day after day after day begging for alms as a blind man. And now he's standing before them, amen, talking to them as a normal man, seeing them, looking around, seeing all the beauty of God's creation. They could not deny it, but it didn't stop the questions. Because it wasn't questions from an honest heart. It was questions because of their unbelief. You know, the Bible plainly tells about questions. It talks about Judas asking about the ointment that was given. Why couldn't it be sold and given to the poor? The Bible says it wasn't because he, he didn't ask because he cared for the poor. He asked because he was a thief. Mercy. These, these, these men wasn't asking because there was honesty there. They was asking because they were unbelievers. Amen. But it didn't stop them. And here the blind man finally stops and he says, I don't know how to answer all your questions. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say about all of this nonsense. I, I, I have nothing else to say. All I know 
that never since the world was formed has a man been born blind, been given his sight. And you don't know who he is? That's the real question. Answer that one. Amen. And you know, you come to the distractors of this message that comes with question after question after question. They're not asking question because they want to believe. They're asking question because something's wrong with their heart. And if they could get the heart question settled, then all these other questions would just disappear. But I want to ask them a question. Never since the world, amen, since the time of Jesus has a ministry been on earth like was in the prophet William Branham. Miracles and signs and wonders and and the hearts discern time after time after time. And you don't know who that is. Because they begin to lean to their own understanding. The Bible told us not to. Proverbs 3 and verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for the length of days, long life and peace shall they add unto thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the tables of thine heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Yes, some can trust so far and believe he's God. But can they trust all with all their heart? You know what that means? Trust the Lord with all thy heart. That means give all thy heart to the Lord. It's the Holy Ghost. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct their path. See, Solomon told us, don't lean to your own understanding. But we wonder why he would say such a thing like this. It was because that usually, you know, in our modern understandings, usually the wisdom of man is, and the wisdom of man is always contrary to the word of God. It, I, you know, I think that's what Solomon was trying to advise his sons was not to be illiterate, not to be stupid and unlearned as far as, and you know, we, 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 we have to have some, you know, people get the wrong idea that the message is against education. No, the message is not against education or becoming educated to where you can get a good job or be a CPA or be whatever, a nurse, practitioner, doctor, whatever you want to be. That's not what the message is being. But don't elevate your education above the word of God. Education of this world is only for the things of this world. Come on, somebody. Education of this world is only to obtain a job. Is that of, this, of, the, is that of the eternals? No. Job's going to be gone. It's only to obtain things to take care of you here on, while you're on earth, whether it be money or cars or pla- uh, clothes, whatever, food on your table. It's only for the temporary. But people begin to take that, what they've learned and their knowledge, and, and begin to exalt that above the word of God. No, the word of God always usurps authority over what you've learned in some school somewhere. Whether it be a school of education or theology, the word of God is the final answer. Because remember, no matter how much education you get, one day you got to cross over. No matter how much education you've got, no matter how much culture you're able to accumulate, you've got to face death one day. You know, and I've, I've talked with people 
that don't believe, you know, in God. And this is where the spiral of unbelief takes you. Listen, it ain't just about walking away from a, a, a thought or a, a theology or a, or a belief system. Satan's not interested in that. He don't want to just get you to where you still believe in God. He's going to take people all the way down to where it takes it all away from them. And I've, got, I've talked to message young people that have got there because of somebody's unbelief. They started trying to answer the devil's questions. And today they don't even believe in God. And I asked the young man, I said, okay, you got here. I don't, I, I can't, I don't, I can't see, I, I, I don't have enough, I guess, intellect to understand how you got there. Because to me it takes more faith to believe that than to believe what I believe. That there's no God and all this just come out of nothing. It takes a lot of faith. And, and, and I said, but you know, we close our eyes. And we both close our eyes, same, same time, whatever. And there's nothing. What have I lost? Think about it. This life that we live, the, the, what, the truths that we believe, the things that we believe, the way we dress, the way we act, the way we present ourselves, and we get down to the end of it and we close our eyes and there's nothing. What have we really lost? I said, but I want to ask you, we close our eyes and we get down to the end and we close our eyes and you realize there is a God and there is some, something to this afterlife. Then what? What have you lost? Because one day we're all going to come to this place. And it don't matter how much you've accumulated, how much education you got, how much money you got in the bank, how, all this intellectual knowledge, one day it's going to be nothing. Because it's written, men that must die, and after that, the judgment. Death ain't going to be the bad thing. Judgment's what's going to be bad. God is not going to inquire there at the judgment how much schooling you got, how much you accumulated on earth, how much money was in your 401k, what kind of art you got, uh, or plaques you got hanging on your wall, whether you're a bachelor of art or whatever, a minister. It's not, that's not going to be required. What's going to be required is what you did with the understanding of God's word. Where the requirement comes, your education is fine, but the word of God is life. My words are life. I know it's life. He said, know him. He is the word. So you can only know him by the word for he is the word. That's the only way you'll know him. So when a person says they have the Holy Ghost and can accept something contrary to the word, it shows that ain't the real genuine Holy Ghost they've got. And I'm not talking about, you know, I believe that what he's saying here is not just talking about something other than the word. And that's part of it. But another spirit. Allow sin to overtake them. They don't have the Holy Ghost. A devil to speak out of them. They don't have the Holy Ghost. 
that ain't the real Holy Ghost, say God. It might be a ghost, he says. He said, I, I wouldn't dispute that, but it isn't the Holy Ghost of Christ. They take on one another's spirit, so they're pointing like a group of men to certain things. It won't point to Christ, but the Holy Spirit always points to Christ. So what I love about this message, it always pointed to Christ. If there was ever a man on this earth that could make something of himself, it would have been William Branham. But he never pointed men to himself. He pointed them to Christ. If you want to say something about somebody, go talk about those who pointed those people to themselves and built themselves castles and built themselves all kinds of things. There's plenty to criticize. If you lean to your own understanding, you're going to get off the road, right road somewhere. You can't lean on anybody else's understanding. But when it comes to life, find life. Find that real source of life. That's why you hear it preached time after time after time. Receive the Holy Ghost. It ought to be the desperation on everybody's heart. Make your calling and election sure. I don't care if you've been sitting on a pew here for 30 years. Make sure. Make sure you got the token, the seal. Could you imagine? You know, I think about the different ones. Like, you know, as we spoke of Eve, let me go with this for a minute. Eve, you know, no doubt an intelligent person, right from Adam, who was a son of God, and a spot, no sin. No place for sin must have certainly had a wonderful conception of who God was. Because every afternoon, her and her husband will walk in the cool of the garden in the evening and talk face to face with God. What an unreasonable thing that a person would walk face to face with God each day, then turn to reasoning and reason her way away from God. And it don't stop there. He said, we still got them today. They're so easily be reasoned away from the word of God after sitting in the presence of God. Seeing the word of God preached. The word of God manifested to where drunkards and sinners come to an altar and be converted. Made two creatures and creatures in Christ. People of ill fame made ladies and gentlemen and then turn right away from the blessed thing that led them to this life and be, be perverted off of some kind of creed and become popular or get to what they call a better class of people. Why? You're in the best class there is. Sons and daughters of God. I like that company better than I would to be in the presence of kings and potentates or anyone else on the earth. Give me that kind of people, that humble bunch of people. They don't know their right hand from the left. But as long as they know God and they serve him, that is the celebrity of heaven. Oh, glory to God. These movie stars want to have their red carpet walk and they want to dress up. And go, oh, can you imagine what that day is going to be like? I'm looking at some celebrities here tonight. Celebrities, not of this world that's going to fade away. Not of this world that one day they're pretty and the next day they're a bunch of cankered nothings. Or one day they're painted up Jezebels and they would take that off. You'd be scared to look at them. But I'm looking at true celebrities. 
Amen. Celebrities in God's hall of fame that when Noah would turn away and would not reason the word of God, but he would go forward day after day after day. He didn't try to answer all the questions. Could you imagine the questions that were there? Thousands of questions. What do you mean? How's it going to be this? What are you talking about here? Noah, you lied about this. You said it was going to do this. And ain't like, you've done all that. Blah, 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 blah. All kind of, he just turned away from all of that and put another nail in. Cut another board. Because he had heard God's word. He had a commission. He had something and he was not leaning on what he, maybe he did not know he didn't understand it all. He couldn't have understood it all with his human ability, but he had heard from another land. He had heard from another dimension and God told him how to build a boat, what to build it out of, what where to put each plank, the dimensions thereof, how tall, how wide. And he just went according to what God planned and here the question came and a question came and question came. He just kept on going, kept on going until one day he walked into that boat and the door shut. And they were still hollering out questions and mocking and making fun. But all of a sudden, it began to thunder and it began to rain. And they began to realize, I missed it. Come on, somebody. I believe that's where we're at. Amen. I know we're not going to the tribulation, but you understand. Amen. I know there is a boat called Zion. People can make fun of it and they can mock it and they can make fun of it. But she's going to go to the other shore. And I'm getting on this boat. This boat is not a man-made boat. This boat was given by the authority of the mighty angel. And he built it just right. He made it just big enough. He knows how many people is going to be on this boat. He knows exactly how many people is going to ride and going to go. And if you stay with this boat, you're going to go all the way. Because we're going through. Hallelujah. We're going through. I'm not leaning to what I can understand or how I can make it all come out. I know he said it. Therefore, I believe it. Hallelujah. Amen. Could you imagine Abraham leaning to his? You talk, you talk about questions. There's plenty of questions. Abraham, are you kidding me? You're going to have a baby? How old are you? Well, I'm 90 years old. That's what I thought. I got your birth certificate. I got proof here how old you are. It didn't matter. They had all the facts, but the facts wasn't the truth. <laughs> the truth said, you're going to have a son. It didn't matter what the facts said. Come on, somebody. The truth said, you're going to have a son. Well, what about Sarah? Amen. All of a sudden, the angel visited him and said, you're going to have it by Sarah. Just read it. He said, you're going to have it by Sarah. Sarah came into the prophecy. How old is she, Abraham? She's this old. That's what I thought. Got the proofs here. I got the, I got the facts here. It's impossible. We got scientific proof and facts. It's impossible for an old man or old woman that's way past. She's been dead. Amen. She never had no life. How are you going to have? Ha, 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 ha. But that wasn't the truth. Amen. Abraham just kept walking, kept going forward. He was walking in a vision. He was walking in thus saith the Lord. You can say, well, I know Abraham made mistakes. I know he had faults and he had failures. Yes, he did. But I look over here in the New Testament. It don't mention not one of them. It said Abraham staggered not at the promises of God, but was strong in the faith. He kept going. He wasn't worried about the question because it wasn't his question. It was the devil's questions. Hallelujah. 
well. He kept going forward. And one day he took that last step and back to a young man he went. Glory to God in the high. Sarah right behind him took that same step back to a young woman again. That was the truth. And the truth was vindicated. Isaac came forth. Hallelujah. He didn't lean to his own understanding, looking at his own body dead, Sarah's body dead. He didn't look at that. He looked at what the truth said. Hello. I want you to understand the truth is not a fact. The truth is a person. That's the only thing that's really true is him. He believed instead of unbelieving. He called those things which are not as though they were, which was absolutely against human reason. He didn't reason it. He just believed it. There was no reason that could be could prove that a baby would be born. The woman was about 25 years past menopause. Her body was good as a dead. He was a husband. He was 100 years old. And here he was still giving God praise 25 years later against all kinds of understanding. But by faith, he knew God, the truth, would keep the truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. What if Joshua would have leaned his own understanding when he's fighting? He just spoke it and said, Let the sun you stay there, moon you don't move. Questions? But the truth spoke. Amen. You don't lean on to your understanding when you're sick. Are you sitting in a wheelchair? You're dying with cancer, heart trouble. Doctor says you're going to die. If you lean to your understanding, you'll die. But you don't lean to that. You don't lean to what the mind can say and how, how it can prove this or prove that. You don't, you don't lean to none of that. You keep going on. Forward. What if David would have listened to Saul's theology? Goliath would have overtaken them. Story, no doubt, would have been wrote different. But he didn't lean to what he understood. He leaned to an experience. I've been with God. I know what he can do. And if he can do it in a bear and he can do it against the lion, this Philistine ain't nothing to him. Amen. Amen. That's what we have to do tonight. You cannot lean to your own understanding. But he goes on. So many. Mary questions want to stone her because she's having a baby out of wedlock not knowing this is the very life of God men in their own understanding trying to kill God hello somebody still doing it today she never leaned her own understanding that a man, woman could have a baby without a husband. She just said, be it unto me according to the truth. Amen. How am I going to do it? She didn't say, how am I going to do it? When will I do it? How is this going to take place? The angel of God said, the Holy Ghost will overshadow thee. And that holy thing will be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. She said, behold, the hands made of the Lord. She didn't take her reasonings. Said it couldn't be done. She said, Here I am. Take me, Lord. What about the woman with the blood issue? Doctor says there's no hope. It's over. You're as good as dead. 
got weaker all the time. But by faith, there was no scripture telling her if I could just touch the hem of her garment. Him of his garment. But by faith, she slipped around and touched him. She walked back and sat down. Jesus said, who touched me? Look around till he found her. She felt at that moment her own body. She couldn't prove it then, but she felt something take place. She didn't reason. She didn't worry about it. She just went on in faith. And the Bible said he is now the high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But if you can get beyond all that reasoning and doubt and just reach out by faith, then the same high priest will touch you. Hallelujah. My goodness. You say, well, Brother Timothy, what about it? Is there going to be more leave? Yeah. Is there going to be more fallen sin? Yeah. Is there going to be more walk away? Yeah. Is there going to be anybody that overcomes? Yeah. Is there anybody, any, is there going to be anybody that can rise above sin and walk above it? Sure is. Is there anybody that's going to be the bride of Jesus Christ? Sure will. Is there anybody that's going to be, amen, the a bride without spot, without wrinkle? Sure is. Is there going to be an overcomer in the Laodicea? Sure is. Why? Because the truth said so. Hallelujah. So what about, we're going to go down? No, we ain't going down. We're going to go through this thing. We're going to go through with everything that we got. Amen. Listen to this as we quote, close. He says, now the stabilizers has been put on the ship. There's great fearful waves out here before us. We know just beyond that last wave, though, we're nearing the shore. We're nearing the shore. Just stay stable. Just stay stable. When you see those old big clouds around us and storms coming and, and atomic bombs and everything else they're talking about. But our stabilizer is set in the word of God. God said so. We will crest every one of them. Wow, oh, that's shout material. We will crest every one of them. We'll go over cancer. We'll go over high blood pressure. We're over, go over pornography. We're go over doubters. We're go over critics. We're going to crest every one of them. We're go right over the top of them. They can't sink us. Hallelujah. I want you to know this ship of Zion is an unsinkable ship. All the bombs in hell can't take her out. All the missiles from hell and doubters that wants to launch their doubts, it won't take her out. She's going through. She's going through. They won't sink us. They can't drown us. And if you put us in a grave, we're coming out of care. That's just all there is to it. There ain't no way in the world to keep it down there. Why? We'll crest every one of them because our great chief captain is calling us from the other side. Whoa, the designer of the ship, he done seen you safely over there on the other side. Hallelujah. Why? We're anchored in Jesus. The storms of life are brave. I'm anchored in Jesus. I'll fear no waves of doubt, no waves of sin, no waves of unbelief, no waves of critics and YouTube videos. I ain't got no answers for them and I'm not going to take my time to answer their nonsense. If they'd get that heart problem fixed, they wouldn't have those questions. Come on, somebody. But there is a dissolver of doubts among us. And how does he dissolve the doubts? By fulfilling his word. And one great morning. 
All the doubters saying it ain't so. All the doubters saying it ain't going to happen. All the devils in hell trying to push against it. One great morning, there's going to be a trumpet sound. And this bride is going to rise out of here. This thus saith the Lord. The truth has spoken. Hallelujah. That devil may say something to you tonight. You need to tell him what the truth said. Hallelujah. The devil may say you're bound. The truth said I'm free. The devil said you're sick. The truth said I'm healed. Hallelujah. Were you hearing the truth tonight? The truth shall set you free. The devil built a cage around you, but the truth said, no, boy, you wouldn't belong there. Let me open it up. Come on out. You're free. The blessedness of believing. Believe all things are possible. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all things acknowledge his ways. And his ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. Do you believe tonight? This ship's going. It's going to crest every wave. Every doubt that wants to flood in here, there's a standard being raised up. Every fear that says it ain't so, there's a standard raising up. Hallelujah! Every doubt and unbelief that says ain't nobody going to make it. I thought so if anybody's going to do it, so-and-so would have made it. Look at him now, he's falling. It don't make no difference. The word says there's going to be an overcomer. That's what the truth said. And so I'm going to believe the truth. No matter what the devil's facts may put this, the fact is this one failed, fact this one does, fact this, that one does, fact, 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 fact. But the truth says there's going to be an overcomer. The truth says there's going to be a bride. The truth says I'm one of them. The truth put me there and there ain't nothing a fact can do to take me out. Hallelujah. He said I was there. Amen. Where were you, Job, before the foundation of the world? When the sons of God shouted for joy, I was already there. I was shouting because I made his list. I realized he thought of me. Hallelujah. Let's just raise our hands to him and praise God. If you're a believer tonight, just go ahead and praise him. In the face of doubt, praise him. In the face of unbelief, praise him. In the face of fallen humanity, praise him. I wonder how many say, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Let me cast it all away, Lord. Stay with the ship. Lord God, fearful waves may be coming. Things may be taking place. It's beyond our control, but you're in control of everything. It's beyond what we know or what we can come up with or how we can imagine. But you done said it. It's already done. There is a bride here on this earth. There is a bride taking possession of her land. And she's telling them devils, get back. This is mine. This is mine. He's why? Because truth said it's mine. He promised it to me. And he won't turn me down. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you've been like Peter. You've been looking at the winds and the waves. You've been kind of sinking a little bit. There's a Jesus here to pull you back up and make you walk on water again. 
Hallelujah. But greater than that, there's a Holy Ghost here that'll fill you so full. To where doubts and fears and unbelief will come. Discouragement might try, but yeah, it's going to be times of discouragement. But you'll rise above it all. And go into that sky. Is there anybody going? Is there anybody going? Is there anybody here tonight that believes there is a bride here on this earth? And she's heard the message. She's heard the eagle scream. Not a denominational idea or some creeds of man, but she heard from the throne of God. It wasn't even a seventh grade Kentuckian preacher, but it was God speaking through human flesh. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, just believe him. Let's just sing that only believe all things are possible. Stabilizer's been put on the boat. Jesus is here. 